giving to the song, to the word is worship. It's good, again, to have each and every one of you this morning, some new faces in the house. I'm thankful that God is, is, uh, is, is speaking to folks, and uh, that's always exciting. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the word? All right. So last week we spoke on the kingdom of heaven, continuing this series, specifically about the leaven as Jesus teaches the disciples about leaven. I didn't quite get through it last week because God had other plans and kind of showed up and we just kind of shared a little bit and moved on. But I want to finish that sermon today if the Lord would will me to do that. But uh, part two, if you will, of the leaven. So if you'll go, go to the uh, scripture, Matthew 13 and 13, we're going to read it once again. The Bible says, therefore, I speak to them in the parables because seeing they do not see and hearing that they do not hear. You got the right one? No, right here. 33, I put 13, not 33, sorry. It's in the same one, but not the right verse. Another parable spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in these three measures of meal filled and filled them till they are all leavened. Remember last week we talked about the purpose of the leaven. Talking about how that leaven, in order for the yeast, if you will, to rise in bread, it takes time. So my lovely wife and I, we got talking about it, and she said, I thought about something. And, and she told me I would forget to share it, but I didn't, so here we go. So at Thanksgiving and Christmas time, she likes to make these things called pumpkin knot rolls. Now, we think of bread as we knead it, you know, and we add all the ingredients, we knead it together, and we stick it on the stove, we cover it up, <clears throat> and it rises. We put a little oil on there, you know, we put it in our pan, maybe we might flour it, whatever, and it smells good, right? But what if the process required a little extra? Now, here we are, I think it was Christmas Eve, we're making pumpkin knot rolls. And bless the Lord, we started these things about 10 o'clock p.m. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I'm tired. I know these things are going to take time. And so we get through the process, and the, those things, they have to, you know, you knead it together, and you put it on the stove, you let it rise, and then you have to punch it back down, and then you put it in these little knots. Well, guess what you got to do now? You got to let them rise again. Have you ever felt like that you got to the place that God wanted you to be? And, and you, 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 was around, you was about ready to become bread. And about that moment, he says, nope. <laughs> I got other plans, and I'm going to take you, and I'm going to mold you into what I want you to be. And guess what? You had to rise again. So that whole process is a painstaking, like, two or three hours. One o'clock in the morning, we're finally going to bed. If these things cool off long, we'll put them in the bowl. Huh? Yeah, you had to eat a couple too because they're warm out of the oven. It's the best way to. See, you get me talking about food again. So I thought about that. And I thought, you know, I said, there's more than just the initial rise. Sometimes we got to go through a process. 
Have you ever felt like you're in a process? God, it's not fair that we've got to go through this right now. Why do I feel like you brought me up and picked me up and this dropped me? Can't be quoting anniversary. So we find this parable. We talked last week about what living was, a persuasive influence, remember? A persuasive influence, a to permeate, remember I talked about the rock salt. Another note I made is the fact that when we leaven something, we are putting something into something. It don't really matter, as long as it's godly, it don't really matter in the church realm what it is you're putting into something, as long as you're putting something into something. See, when you put something into something, that means you're actively doing something. And if we can be active in the church of my God, then we are doing what God wants us to do because the Bible speaks about serving him. So putting something into something. Obviously, we talked about this being metaphoric language. We talked about the mustard seed parable, how that was a, a, a seed of the smallest uh, substance, but the largest plant. And how that intense growth is needed and and needs to happen in the church. You need to grow quickly and grow tall and strong. But the leaven, it takes very little to be effective. You see, it's not about how much you know. It's not about how much you do. It's that you do it. It's that you're doing something with something. The yeast doesn't grow. It permeates. It, It means to spread and to do something. So if we're to be the yeast, as, as, as he's clearly explained in the parable, to be like leaven, then we should be permeating into the society. We should be permeating into the culture. We should be doing something with our something. Are you listening to me this morning? Matthew 5 and 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, remember? But if the salt loses its flavor, I thought about that. Have you ever got the salt shaker out of your cupboard and put it on your steak or your your oven-baked steak? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you weren't here. And you ever put it on there and then take a bite and be like, I don't taste it. So how is it that we can be salt but lose our saltiness. And I think that one of the answers uh, out of many, I would say that many interpretations here would be that the moment you stop permeating, the moment you stop spreading, is the moment your saltiness is gone. So how could salt lose its existence, its reason for its purpose and its existence? I wrote down this. When it stops seasoning the earth. We're the salt of the earth. We are meant to season the earth. I told you before, that if God saved you clearly to go to heaven, you would have already died. He would have saved you and sent you on to be with him. Because he longs to be with you. He wants to be with you. Also, I wrote down this. When it stops 
being used. You have become the salt of the earth, the leaven of the day. But the moment that you stop being effective and stop doing something with something, you're in a dangerous place. You see, church, like the yeast and the salt, we need to be mixed. I like this. We need to be mixed in the measure. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? We don't need to lock ourselves up in a corner someplace and never get mixed in the measure. Because it's mixing in the measure. We put the yeast in. Sister Ann, if, if you're making bread and, and you mix everything up, and you put the yeast on top, and you say, that's perfectly fine. I'm good being there. Then you throw it in the oven. What's wrong? The yeast is there, right? It was in the mix by all rights. But it's ineffective. Why? Because it ain't mixed in. So Jesus is trying to tell us that we've got to be mixed in the measure in order for those dough balls to rise. We, we got some, we, we like these frozen, you know, the cheats, the frozen dough balls. You know, you set them out and let them rise. The last couple of batches we've had, it's, it's like some Christians that go to other churches, not ours. You're supposed to set them out four or five hours and supposed to rise and throw them in the oven and they look real good, right? These haven't done that. I think that the yeast has gone stale. It's lost. Oh my gosh, that's good. It's lost its power. You know why it lost its power? Because it stopped permeating. You better hear me this morning. <laughs> when, we, when we're never meant to stay solely in our package. If we don't get out of the package and we don't jump into the bowl with the dough, we'll not be effective. Are you listening to me? When we throw the yeast in on top the lump and we didn't open the package. Church, it's our time to open up. <laughs> it's time that as a church we open up the yeast and begin to spread are you listening to me today the only way the culture is going to be impacted by the church of God is that we open up the package and become permeated I'm preaching a lot harder than some of y'all responding the last two parables help us understand the present kingdom of heaven the church and it's, it's not a warning sign of future doom of such or of devastation but it reminds us these parables remind us of still quiet and small beginnings the flour and all the other ingredients are greater There's so much other ingredients that we can be a part of that are greater. And the yeast is a small, small part of it. But when the yeast is mixed in, it makes a huge difference. Are you listening to me? So don't ever think that you're not effective. Don't ever think that what God has put inside of you is not good enough. Or somehow you fall short. Because all he asks you to do is to put something into something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
You see, the woman spoke of the amount of meal. And that was never the important part of the verse. We simply must put something into something. So I got to think about this past week. I thought, you know, there's another passage of scripture that talks about leaven. It's not just this make me feel good. I'm, I'm the salt. I'm the leaven. I permeate. I make a difference. That's not all of it. There's a warning about leaven. You see, it's called the leaven of the Pharisees. It's found in Mark chapter 8 and verse 13 through 21. Matter of fact, let's go there and read that. Mark 8, verse 13. And he left him and getting into a boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. How dare they? I'm going to be hungry. And they did not have more than, they didn't have more than one loaf with them in the boat. They were thinking of themselves, you see. And he charged them, he told them, he said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Mark is the only place you find the inclusion of Herod. And it's for a purpose, as the scriptures are. Verse 16. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. He is getting on to us, Brother David, because we forgot the other bread. How dare he? We got what we needed. Why did he get what he needed? But look at this. Verse 17. But Jesus being aware of what they were thinking, see, they had to speak it. He knew it. Why do you reason because you have no bread? Why would you think that I'm talking about the bread? And he proves it. And what he says next. Do not... Do you not perceive or, nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Interesting. Having eyes, did you not see? Having ears, did you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves and the five for the five thousand, having baskets full of fragments? Fragments, did you not take up? They said to him, Twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000. How many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? He said, how is it that you are distracted by what you see in your hand. <laughs> Am I not much more than that? Have I not proven myself in your understanding that I'm more than enough? You see, the disciples somehow interpreted this in a, to mean that Jesus was trying to tell them that to also be careful as not to be unsatisfied with the signs they already had seen. Basically, be careful that the things that God has already shown you, you forget about. 
and he's trying to show you he'll take care of your tomorrow if you don't forget about him. He don't have to prove himself every day that he is a miracle worker in order for you to believe he's a miracle worker. They were unsatisfied, wrought with the signs they had and wanted others of their own desires. You see, the reason why Mark included Herod here is because Herod, according to the scripture, he wanted to see Jesus Christ do miracles up before him and do it the way he wanted him to do it. You see, I hate to hurt your feelings this morning, but Christ does not care what you think. He only cares about what you know. And if you know him as the provider, as the bread maker, as the provider of your soul, as the savior of your world, the miracle worker in your life, if you understand him as that person, he will become and continue to be, no matter if he does one more thing for you, he will be everything you ever had need of. Praise the Lord. God is good. You see, they must have believed that Jesus was trying to tell them that they were not prepared for their journey. And he was trying to show them, Brother Jim, that all they needed was him. They didn't need the bread in their hand. They didn't need the talent, although they were given talents. We're given talents, we're given bread, God provides, and we're thankful for that. But he never wants us to depend on the bread. He wants to depend on him. He is enough for us. See, Jesus corrects their thinking by saying this. He says, do not, did you not see or did you not hear or do you not remember? He asked them, about the fragments, and I looked it up, you know, because numbers in the scripture mean something. And I love what I found because I knew this, I confirmed it to be true. He asked him, he's, he's not only telling them he's enough, but he proves it. He says, how many of the 5,000 did I, the fragments did you not take up? And they said 12. Well, guess what the number 12 stands for in the scriptures? According to the scripture, it refers to Authority and completeness. <laughs> he said, I am the ultimate authority over all things, and I will complete you. And then he goes on, he says, how, many about the, how about the four? You, how many fragments did you take up then? He, then they said seven. Guess what seven stands for? Yeah, it's several different things, but I found this to be true for this scripture. It said fullness and completeness watch this but of the physical and the spiritual so jesus was trying to tell them it's not about the loaf of bread it's not about your little old leaven self it's not about the salt in your back pocket it's always about him it's always about how he empowers and gives us the strength and the ability, the know-how and the anointing to do exactly what he's called us to do. But he said, I'm full, you're full of me, and I complete you both of the physical and the spiritual. But also it means perfection. Do you know that you're made perfect in his sight? He was trying to tell them, 
Guys, listen to me. You are perfect in my presence. Perfect in my presence. All you got to do is be in my presence. All you got to do is seek after my presence. All you got to do is seek after me and I'm more than enough. I'm done if you want to come to the piano. He leaves them with a question in verse 21. And I'm going to leave you with that question today. If you've got a need this morning, by all means, the altar is always open. Don't, don't, don't take this as a conclusion. If you need the Lord, we need prayer, come on up. But he asked him the question there in verse 21. He says, how is it you don't understand? If there's anything about the leaven of who we are and who he's called us to be and that ingredient that God has given us, if you ever question, God, what is it that you've given me to leaven the lump? And he would have to say to you, just do something with something. Let's do something. Something for him. Something that exalts him. Something that magnifies the majesty of, the, of God. But leaven is only a small portion. But you, you see, you are the makeup and you are made in the image of God and all the leaven's going to do is get you motivated. It's going to get you up. So this morning, as you stand to your feet, let's get that leaven a-moving and let's be the salt of the earth and let's commit that to God to do something with something. Let's pray this morning. Father,